You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Five Star Zone with Rico Beard. All right, welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone. We have uh, week four in the Big Ten, Evan. It's going to be a little bit of a separation week, I think, because I think the haves and the have-nots and the contenders and the pretenders, yeah, we're going to find out all about them. I can tell you right now, one is going to be Indiana. Uh, I think Indiana, even though they're 3-0, and this is maybe the worst 3-0 and team I have ever seen. <clears throat> I guess you can only call somebody lucky so many times, but my goodness. They should have lost two of these games, including last week's game. It's like, I don't know, they got a little leprechaun in their pocket, but for some reason they keep pulling games out. Illinois should have beat them. Western Kentucky should have beat them. And I think this week, I think the magic ends. I think this week is where we're going to find out. Cincinnati, not the same Cincinnati team from last year, but this Cincinnati team. It's it's the return of the home-and-home. The game is at Cincinnati. I can't see Tom Allen and Indiana doing anything in this game. No, and it seems like every year there is, like, that team that starts off super hot, right? right? The only problem is that team's usually in the West, and they can make it all the way to the Big Ten title game. You when you're in the East, it's a lot tougher. I mean, you can almost say the same about some other teams, and I'm sure we're going to get to them, but... I think a lot of people were saying the same about Michigan State last year, too. Like, they got lucky, blah, blah, blah. However you want to put it. But right. starting off 3-0, when you don't expect it, we try yeah. to poke holes. But I kind of agree with you, Indiana. It might be, not, uh, I think, as your radio partner says, the worst 3-0 team in the history of 3-0 teams. Well, speaking of another 3-0 team, and it's, this is another team that's in the East, it's uh, Rutgers. Guys, I can only sit here and say this. Um, if you can't sleep... You're having problems sleeping. It's a night game, 7 p.m. Get a little warm milk or cocoa, whatever. Mm. Maybe stop at the Apple Orchard, get some donuts. It is fall, you're right. Turn on the Iowa Rutgers game. You will fall asleep. Oh, yeah, that's going to— Iowa can't score. I mean, they scored last week 27 points, like the most all season long. Think about that. 27 points. That was the most. Yeah, they covered. Okay. <laughs> they covered because the other team didn't score. But if you took the under, it was still the under. Oh, it's This crazy. game's 30, I think it's 35 and a half points. I would take the under. Indiana's offense is struggling. They're de- I mean, Iowa. Iowa's offense is struggling. Their defense is good. Rutgers, it's a home game for Rutgers, but Rutgers, uh, Vidral, probably not playing. Their backup QBs threw for a combined 59 total yards last week. It ain't going to be a lot of scoring in this game unless the defense gets it done, Evan. Uh, what are they? 
used to call these games like a rock fight or something like that. This like, is a rock fight. This may just, you know what, you'd be better off just getting the captains in the 50 and just doing rock, paper, scissors. So it's kind of funny because over-under is 34. That's crazy as an over-under for a college game. It's gone down from 35 and a half. <laughs> and I was favored by eight, so you figure that one out. But it, it's... It's good to see that Shiano came to Rutgers, and at least they're winning these games. Right. You know what I mean? That they're at least an opponent in the Big Ten. I know <laughs> I was kind of stirring the pot the other day with you and Jim Costa debating SEC versus Big Ten and those kind of things. And if you want the Big Ten to be where the SEC is, your, your lower squads have to be competitive, right? <laughs> they like, got to be competitive. They want to always throw Vanderbilt in the face. But I think Vanderbilt, they came here, they would be better than Rutgers in Indiana. You know what I was thinking? It's funny as you said that, because I'm probably going to talk about this on the show, but you know what the big difference, though? People talk about the SEC and the Big Ten and how they want to be that. At the top of the SEC, every year is like every program's wish list of new coaches. Meaning... The assistants are gone. They get sucked up, whether it's, you know, uh, the Lenning out in Oregon. Like, guys just go places. I mean, everybody oh, I mean, on Mel Alabama. Mel Tucker at Michigan State was right. there. And when you have that lineage. And, and now Smart. Kirby Smart. and But Kirby Smart is now sending his Georgia guys off. That's to, your Oregon guy, yep. Yeah, you got to reload every big, time. In the Big Ten, nobody really wants the coaches. Well, nobody wants all, the assistants. You're also losing what? 10 to 15 guys to the pros every year, too, on those top no, teams? No, no, no. but here's the thing. It tells me that maybe the difference is the coaching and the assistant coaching, whereas Alabama and Georgia, they got potential head coaches coaching you right now. But apparently there's something about these guys. They're going to get a job in three years as a head coach somewhere. People go to the schools here, they really – don't leave. No, so, you're right. They get fired. It actually becomes a point to where you're begging your team to fire your coordinators right. at the end. I mean, we're already talking about Scotty Hazelton at Michigan State. I mean, Don Brown, who was the best defensive coordinator ever at Michigan, and then he got ran out of town. Right. That's what I'm saying. It, the last guy, I mean, was what, Narduzzi? I mean, I, I think uh, um, Barnett went, took the Florida State job, but then he came that back. That didn't work out. Like nobody. Yeah, Narduzzi went. I guess Gaddis I mean, Gaddis left to do a lateral job at Miami, right? But that was because of circumstances. Right. I mean, Mike McDonald went back to the NFL as a defensive coordinator, so that's an up. But you saw the writing on the wall there, right? But nobody ever just like, hey, I need the Michigan OC to be my head coach. I need you know Michigan State DC to be my. You don't see that here. Well, and hell. I mean, when you think about it, I think like. Uh, the Oregon coach was a grad assistant in 2015 under Saban. Like, everybody on that staff is now a head coach, including a grad assistant. Well, look, I was— Tucker gonna... was on that staff. <laughs> Kirby Smart. Like, uh, that tells me maybe it's the personnel that you have. Well, even for Bama, it is. You're right. It's the stepping stone to become a head coach. Right. And you even see coaches that have flamed out, whether it be— Horrible coaching record with Bill O'Brien in in Houston. He's there, their offensive coordinator now. You got Steve Sarkeesian comes back after all the stuff that he went through with alcoholism and everything at USC, and now he's the head man over in Texas. And it's like, you're right. 
like you're not coming to Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State. Even Ohio State's not necessarily doing right. it. Right. I mean, maybe that's the difference. May, you know, we want it more. Maybe they know how to coach the players that they have and get them to that next level. So they're coveted. That other people are like, you know what? And, I need that guy here to be our head coach. And I do agree that replacing coaches is tougher than players because you look at schools that replace. It took Michigan how long to get back? You know what I mean? It right. took um, Ohio State. I mean, they're not even happy with last year because they lost to Michigan and didn't win the Big Ten. So their two losses, that is a huge failure in their eyes. Like everybody talked about even them going to the Rose Bowl in Utah and it wouldn't mean anything, yada, yada. I mean, they still went out and kicked some ass. It, it took a lot out of one receiver to do so. But but you're right, and, and they might have the one young upcomer in, in Brian Hartline that might have a chance, but that guy's not going to be a Power 5 head coach. He's going to be, you know, with an FCS school or something like that to start off, or a Mac school or something along those lines. But you're right. I mean, Cincinnati's closer than anything right? <laughs> in the Big Ten. They're right. at least sending their guys, you know, Mark D'Antonio and Brian Kelly and now Luke Fickle. I'm sure he could get a head coaching job at one of the big schools that they ever opened up. Right. Right, but I mean, even Cincinnati's defensive coordinator got the Notre Dame job. So <laughs> you you got to start asking yourself, you know what? Maybe maybe the focus is you're not hiring guys that's good enough to move on. And also, is there really a problem if the SEC overall is better than the Big Ten? Is it that big of a deal? Like, I don't think it is because the Big Ten, you win it, you're seemingly going to the playoffs, especially well, with no, expansion. No, it, it, it does because it adds a layer of credibility because now – you're champions, and you know, I mean, right now, Evan, if, if I gave you, you know, the, the, your life on the line, and you got to pick the national champion in football comes from what conference? Oh, I'm going to say SEC. You're going to say 10. the F- yeah. SEC. So the fact that you— My would, luck, it will be the ACC that year, but— But you feel so <laughs> confident. Right, it's just, if you don't win the national title, you don't get the credibility. It's like in basketball, the Big Ten— you haven't won since Mateen Cleaves was the, and Mo Pete played right for this team, which is wild to think about. That it's Mo been Pete 20 was years. the most valuable player, or whatever they call it. He's retired. All of them are okay. There's like nobody in the NBA from a 2001 draft class, right? I mean, the fact that you know you're recruiting Richardson's kid, Mateen's kid, that's like, nuts. Yeah, but if you don't win, it's why the everybody looks at the ACC in basketball. You win titles. Yep. You want the credibility, you got to win. But I, I got to question the coaching staffs of these places because I, I, I would treat it like Alabama where I, I'm interviewing you. And Evan, if I'm the head coach, I'm going to tell you right here, right now, you can go rent a house. Don't buy anything in my city. <laughs> I don't want you here that long. I, you know, you, you got a four-year shelf life. And at the end of four years, unless you're the coach in waiting, I'm probably going to have to move on from you because – Nobody else wanted you. You know, it's funny. You just mentioned the ACC. I just got to mention this just because it happened yesterday. Will Birchfield, who works with us, is a huge UConn fan. He sends me the updated 2023 basketball recruiting r- rankings. UConn's three, Michigan State's two. And then I'm seeing Duke, and I'm like, oh, all five of their commits are five stars. Right. And I was like, yeah, I don't think Shire's going to have a problem recruiting after Coach K. Well, that's why they nabbed him, and then he— but once again, he went out and he went out and got people from Kentucky. Yeah. So he's like, hey, Kentucky, instead of uh, recruiting with you, let me bring – you come in and recruit with us. 
Yeah, it's just again. it's just so funny because you mentioned the ACC and hoops and just so yet yesterday mm-hmm. that five recruits, all of them are five stars. I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure they're going to have the best recruiting class game in game out. But what about back to the Big Ten and and what we're seeing this weekend? Well, I mean, but I, I'll just say to say this: this is like when you know we're looking at the Michigan State defense. Hmm. This is one where, ironically enough, I would look at the former Washington coach and Jimmy Lake. I don't really know. I'm trying to see what he's doing right now. I don't really think he's doing anything. I'd bring him in as a consultant. I'd bring him in just to help this out. Because here's here's what here's what Saban does. You get fired. You've already you've you've sat at the big boy table. You've you've, you've tasted the good food, drank the good wine. Yeah, Lane Kiffin's another example, by the way. <laughs> he keeps falling up no matter what he does. He most people fall down, he falls up. Every time. But you want to get back to the top. So what you're going to do as that assistant, you're going to work a little bit harder because you don't want to be here. You know you're never going to get Nick Saban's job. But if I do this, in two, three years, we're going to get the exposure. Mm -hmm. Somebody's going to want me. I'm going to get another chance. And that's why I think maybe Saban has something. You go out and you get some of these coaches who gotten fired. I mean, we laugh, but maybe you go bring Scott Frost and put him on your staff. Oh, he's a yeah, but you know what? Now he is. He's determined to get back to the top again. And so he ain't putting up with your crap, Evan. I need to get back to becoming a head coach again. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> All right. I, I, I'm sorry. No, I, 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 I told you, you when we started this, we always go off on something. Okay, so I got that out the system. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Iowa game. Eh, <clears throat> I mean, like I said, everybody else. Ohio State and Wisconsin. I I think Ohio State is just better. It's at home. My God, does Ohio State and Michigan ever leave the house? Doesn't seem that way, but when it's decorated well and there's warm food, why would you leave, right? So, yeah, I mean, the Buckeyes. 19-point favorites. I think that they'll beat them. Purdue is like 16-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, oh. Penn State, 28-point favorites over uh, Central. Central Michigan. Uh, Michigan and Maryland is going to be interesting because I think for this game, Evan will finally get a little taste. I mean, actually, Michigan and Maryland and Michigan State, Minnesota, we'll get a little taste because Minnesota and Michigan have played probably the two worst non-conference schedules. As bad as we rag on Michigan, Minnesota's is worse. Uh, the combined records of all their opponents is 0-10. and 10. No. Michigan's guys at least have, you know, two victories. I think they're like two and eight or something. But, yeah, for Michigan, you're going to line up against four wide receivers that Maryland's going to bring in there, Tulea Tungavaloa, an offense that's going to try to spread the ball around. Now, now Maryland's problem is simply this. It's discipline. Uh, I think they had like 15 penalties in their last game. That's where they've been really shot, they, shooting they, themselves. They do a lot of dumb stuff where they shoot themselves in the foot or a little Tua gets a little too happy and overthrows somebody or tries to, instead of going for the safe play, he goes for the big play, gets picked off or takes a sack. If they play within themselves, I think that this could be a challenge for the Michigan defense because, yeah, they they got their wide receivers, at least Rakim and and, uh, Demas, I think are pros. Now, they got a couple other guys, too, that may get a sniff, but – they got pro wide receivers. You got a quarterback. You know, this may be a shootout type of a game. And we're going to find out, you know, what, what J.J. can do because it's real defense. Now, Maryland's defense is not 
as bad as it once was. It's not great. But for Michigan, all you got to do is stay disciplined because Maryland will eventually do something stupid and shoot themselves in the foot. Maybe not as bad as what Purdue did last week when they had the lead and got two unsportsmanlike penalties, 55 yards worth of penalties in the last 51 seconds and lost the game. Mm. I don't know how. That, that was the biggest snatching defeat from the jaws of victory I've ever seen. I mean, you were up, you were winning, you got in the player's face 15 yards, and then the coach argues that call. Oh, 15 yards, and you're kicking off from the 10. Anyway, for Michigan, it's, it's, a, sh- it's, it's a show me game, isn't it? Here's for the them? thing on both sides of the ball, show me what you got. This game may be fun, especially if you like offense. Because well, I think both teams are going to go down the field on each other. I don't think Michigan's defense is that good, but we're going to find out what their defense is. That's what I'm saying. You're going to see the defensive line. Can they get to the quarterback? Right, because here's the thing. They're lining up four receivers. You can't just say, I'm going to stop uh, Demas. I'm going to stop Demas, and you can. can, I'm going to stop Jarrett. Nope, because they're going to line up every guy. They're going to move him around, and then just when you get too safe, that's when Tunga Valoa can just take off and run. So, this is a big show-me type test for this Michigan defense. How good are you? Can you cause the turnover? Can you, you know, can can the crowd help get, you know, cause some penalties? This is one where, yeah, you know what? If this game was at Maryland, I may feel a little different, but you're going to be at home. I think this is homecoming for uh, Michigan anyway. So this one's not going to be like your other ones. I don't think this one's going to be over at halftime. I don't think you're going to see – seven quarterbacks out there throwing. This is just primarily going to be J.J. out there. And this is going to be the first game that it's just J.J. Because I think K got injured in the last yeah, game. Yeah, he's so out for just, a few weeks. I don't think you're going to see, you know, the cutesy stuff. This is more so. This is his game. We we we, we got to win this thing, and let's see what we can do. So we're going to find out a lot about J.J. and a lot about the Michigan defense in this game. For Minnesota and Michigan State, Michigan State, how do you bounce back from last week? Um, you went out to Washington, you played on the road, you had the guts to do it, but man, you didn't show up in the first 15 minutes whatsoever. No, they did. And then they shot themselves in the foot. That goal line stand, they stood up. Yeah. And then, and then yeah, you did too. You're like Purdue. Then the next two plays. You're like, well, cost sorry. You nine points. There so, you go. Yeah. Which was nine points. But you probably wish you had back at the end of the game. Yeah. For Michigan state, you know, is Reed going to be back? Is he? I don't know. What? Where's your fifty-one percent? Probably my fifty-one percent would probably be he won't be back. What about Jacob Slade? That's another big one. That's another. I haven't that one. I haven't heard pretty much anything. But yeah, you miss Slade. You're gonna need Slade because Mo Ibrahim. Ibrahim, He's a beast, man. I mean, he. I know in the Big Ten, he may be in the nation where he gets the most positive yards. He doesn't get tackled for loss. No, and I was going to – if not for the injury last year, he's playing on Sundays right now. Right. And so I think they're going to try to line up and just hammer this ball. So, yeah, th- this is where you need all your defensive linemen. This is where Jacob Slade could definitely come in because you were able to stop Washington, but, you know, Tanner Morgan – I guess if you're Michigan State, as silly as it sounds, you want Tanner Morgan to beat you. Oh, yeah. They're down their top receiver. And, but yeah, they're going to try to run the ball. Now, 
It's a little bit like Michigan State last week. They feasted off some bad teams. We don't really know how good Minnesota is. They could be really good, or we may find out, kind of like State, where you know Jacoby Winman looked like he was going to be the defensive player of the year. Oh, wait, these are real offensive linemen and nothing. And they can watch film and realize right. what you do. There was one... Kept talking about that, just that dip move that Wyndham does where he gets so low. And I was watching, there was one play, but the lineman just kept him down there and basically rode him into the ground. And right. I'm like, okay, well, he'll learn from that, that that's not possible every time you try. Right. But so, yeah, for Michigan State, you're playing at home. How are you going to bounce back? Tucker. Well, don't you want to see the corners get tested too? I want to see them come right back and be able to perform because. See, it's not the, because here's the thing. It's a domino type thing, Evan. If you can get some type of a pass rush, your corners get better. Sure. The reason why, they never pressured Penix last week. Oh, no. He, so he could sit back there and he was a surgeon. That's the thing. As bad as the corners are, you then look to see, did you get any pressures on the quarterback? Because if the quarterback has to scramble and move around, now with the Tampa 2 defense that Michigan State plays, you wait for mistakes to happen. Right. You wait for the dumb thing, for the penalty, for the interception, for the fumble. Last week, they didn't get any penalties. I mean, they didn't get any uh, turnovers. Yeah, they didn't win. The other games, they got a ton of turnovers. That's what you need to do. So, yeah, you want to see them tested, but I really don't. I'd rather see them get a pass rush on, protect the line, and, and, and you know, maybe grind this thing out. There's a slight chance for rain for, at both local games tomorrow. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, if you're MSU, you're going up against Minnesota. They're going to try to run the ball. Tanner Morgan's going to then use that as a play action. That That's just going to be the rag breaker for you hmm. on, on third and five, and he fakes it to Ibrahim and then rolls out and hits somebody for seven yards. You know, can MSU bounce back? The running game was non-existent, went from looking great. And that's what I'm saying. How in those first two games, it looked like uh, Berger and Broussard, you know, great tandem, played a real defense, nothing. So for Minnesota, they look great running the ball, but they haven't played anybody yet. So this is kind of a prove-it prove it Saturday when it comes to Michigan-Michigan State, when it comes to, you know, Michigan taking on Maryland, Michigan State taking on Minnesota. Like I said, the Iowa-Rutgers game, hey, don't drink because you'll fall asleep in front of the TV. The other game, <laughs> other games, you know, I think it'll be like last night's game where Illinois just kind of blew out Chattanooga 31 to nothing. But these are the two lo- locally probably the best two games in the Big Ten. We kind of get a glimpse on what they are. I think Ohio State's going to show us what Wisconsin really is when they play them at home. So that that's, that's what I'm looking at. So Hey, I, I'm ready for it. I need to see it. Like you said, it's a show me. I think we'll learn a lot about our local teams here in Michigan uh, this Saturday. I want to see what happens with Michigan. Does Donovan Edwards play? You know, how does that limit? Yeah, he was injured last week. He didn't yeah. play. So it seems like if he's not 100%, he's not giving it a go, which I, I don't blame you at all. So that that's going to be interesting, too, to see how much Blake Corm can really just take on the full responsibility of the running back and, and – what happens when they get into a shootout with Michigan? What does J.J. McCarthy do? That's a position he hasn't been in as a quarterback there at Michigan, right? To 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 respond. How right. do you respond when adversity faces you? We saw it a little bit last year. 
might have been unfair positions for him to be in the games well, no, when he was. Here's what's going to happen. For the first time in his career, he doesn't have to look over to the sideline and wonder, am I getting taken out in this series? Am I getting taken sure. out in this play? I know he's a starting quarterback, but there's no Cade. This is all him because I don't think Orgy's going to come in unless they're up big. No, and it's probably, you know what, if, if he gets hurt and it's a close game, I bet you see that kid from Texas Tech in Bowman. Yeah. He, at least he's played big-time football. Right. So we'll see what happens there. All right, what you got for me, Evan? Uh, we talked about it briefly. We talked about it last week. We talked about Neon Keon. We talked about Ice Trey. The reveal for Michigan State's uniforms came out uh, last night, which was Thursday evening. And it's Ben Van Summeren. He's sharpened his axe. No, no theme. Keep chopping, but... <laughs> That's what I wanted to ask. You notice they went away from the theme that they had the first two weeks. I asked you what was going to happen. They did the bat, the boxing analogy, round one, round two, kind of got knocked out in round three. But now it's sharpening that knife, right? So they haven't come out with a round four yet? No. Well, let's see if they come out with one. I'll be interested. I, I got to think that they will because it goes the whole keep chopping. You get knocked down, you get back up. Right, exactly. But I think that's why they're – but do you like the the uniform choice? Um, we haven't yeah. seen anything crazy yet this no, year. No, no, we haven't. We still haven't seen the gruff Sparty, the all greens, but they didn't go with the green helmet, which I guess they're saving for big games. So, no, nah, I'm good with the all green look. That's kind of their rallying cry. That's the we mean business. We're coming out yes, here. That's their black suit, basically. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're coming to bury you in this uniform. So. We'll see what happens. But, no, we haven't seen Gruff yet. We haven't seen the state helmet yet. We haven't seen the, one of these. the Perlis one either. Nothing on one <sighs> side. Know what? Let's, I like let's, it. Let's I just, like it. Let's just leave that we one We can alone. fight over it, but yeah, I like let's it. let's leave that one alone. But, no, neither one of these <laughs> helmets have uh, made an appearance yet this year. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. But, um, yeah, I thought maybe they would go with the all greens and break out one of these two, but. No, they're going with just or even the green one with the gruff on it. I don't really care for that. It's a smaller gruff. Yes, yeah, because if you don't know what it is, you're like, what is that spot on the helmet? Yeah, it's like looking at Neptune. You need yeah. to wait like <laughs> 50 <laughs> years to get a real photo. Like, what is that? Okay, okay. okay. So, all right. Uh, anything else? Nope, that's it. I'm just ready for the weekend. All right. For Evan Jenkins, I'm Rico Beard. Thanks for watching and listening to another episode of the Five Star Zone.